Hi, this is Ida Nilsson. Uh, this is episode 45 for Training for Ultra. Welcome to Training for Ultra, the podcast. Welcome to episode 45 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. And today I speak with Ida Nielsen. She is a super talented runner. I think she's likely going to be a podium finisher for CCC this year if she can stay healthy. And I just was excited to do a deep dive with her. I've been in contact with her right around uh, since North Face, San Francisco, and I've just been waiting for the right time to kind of explore her running background, dig into you know how she got started. And man, she just three-peated Transvolcania. She won Zagama. And you know, it's it's good to explore um some European ultra runners because I know I'm lacking on that front. So it's just awesome awesome that she took so much time and you know was comfortable opening up and talking running with me. So really excited to share this episode. I'd like to thank the show sponsors. So Hammer Nutrition, if you want to give them a shot, try them out. I know they have the cola flavored fizz coming up for pre-order. Feel free to use my promo code 252888 and you'll save 15% off your first order. I'd also like to thank Sufferfest Beer. I just tried their fastest known time beer. It's a, a new release, FKT, big distribution California. And they've expanded into Colorado. You can also order it online. But FKT is now my favorite beer. It's it's taken over from the blonde. At least uh, for now, it has electrolytes and vitamin C in it. And uh, it just tastes really freaking good. So check that out when you get a chance. And then lastly, Bigger Than the Trail, Tommy Byrne and his charity. Uh, raising awareness of mental health you know, through trail running. Definitely check them out. They're supporting my CCC training and uh, helping me get out to Chamonix. So enjoy this episode. I think it's a, a really awesome one and really enjoyed my time you know, speaking with Ida. So thanks for your support. Big thanks to the Patreon supporters. And uh, yeah, for Training for Ultra gear, check out trainingforultra.com. I'm joined here by Ida Nilsson. She runs for Solomon excellent runner out in Europe and she comes over here and crushes races all the time. Ida, how are, how are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. I'm uh, back in uh, Norway now. I came back really late uh, last night uh, from Spain. So yeah, it's all good. What were you doing out in Spain? Uh, it was a pretty cool race actually, Sagama. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Sagama is huge. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And and how'd that race go for you? Yeah, like it was actually really unexpected. Like um, it was a super uh, deep start field like uh, this year, and uh, I thought like Asagama is probably too technical technical for me or too short or it was close to Transvulcania. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm surprised to got away with the win. So that was really exciting. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And for the listeners' background, Zagama, how what is the distance of that race, and kind of like what's the profile of the course? It's a a marathon, so it's um, 
yeah, that distance, and it's uh, 2,700 uh, meters of elevation up okay. and also down. So in feet, that is, I think, like, like 7,500, 8,000 8, feet. Does that sound right? Um, I think no more like uh, nine, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm bad it's now. Huge. I, I used to be quick in this conversion, <laughs> but now it's like sometimes my uh, brain is a little bit, <laughs> but around there, I think, yeah. And so, is it is it a real technical course? Did you say? Uh, no, but it's really different parts. Actually, I said it was just a strange race because it felt like. I was hiking a lot, but I was also running really fast a lot mm. of times. So uh, sometimes it's like a really muddy cross-country course, and uh, at times you yeah you go over a really cool ridge when it's like uh, yeah more technical and uh, a steep downhill. So you actually have a lot of different parts in the race. That's awesome. And and so were you running like head to head with someone, or did you just take off and hold? hold the lead for the whole time no but until um almost midway it was uh, me and emily and uh, laura together so that was really nice like uh, yeah all for solomon and uh, also really good friends so then we took turns and um, yeah had a lead and uh, so uh, but then after a while like yeah, laura was uh, starting to yeah, pull away. She's a super strong uh, uh, vertical runner, and uh, she was really strong in the uphill. And uh, I got a gap to her, and also Emily lost me a little bit, so we spread out there. And I think I had, uh, yeah, one. I was one to two minutes behind Laura over the ridge because my plan was to just run with them until um, the technical part and then try to not like lose too much because I thought I was going to be bad there. But yeah, it wasn't too bad. Like yeah, I didn't lose too much time. And then I started to catch um, Laura again, like in, in the last uphill. Is it comforting running with uh, Emily Forsberg? I hope I pronounced that right. Frosty. I mean, is it, comforting running with her just you guys are friends i assume yeah it's uh, really nice actually because um i mean obviously we trained a lot together but we haven't done so many of the same races because we yeah we have uh, we are um, quite different runners and uh, yeah do different races that suit us so but this uh, now it was like uh, really nice to be running together so that was good yeah that's really cool i mean she I guess we'll we'll get to that. I, she kind of introduced you to ultra running. It sounds like. Um, where did you grow up? Because I've heard a lot of your interviews, and none of them dive that deep. And I'm interested to know, like, you know, where you grew up and what was your childhood like? Did you was it a athletic family? Like brothers and sisters uh, pushing you? Yes, like uh, my parents uh, ran and I'm the oldest of like four siblings. So it's like running early came into my life. So when my parents did a race, maybe I did a small uh, kids race. And uh, yeah, it was kind of natural to go with the, with the club to local races and just uh, play with other kids. And sometimes we ran a small race and yeah, things like that. And you grew up but, in Sweden? Uh, 
Yes, but in the south of Sweden, so that's a little bit funny now. Like it's not even a small hill; it's totally flat uh, where <laughs> I come from. Like come from um, a town, and then we have an I compete for a club on an island who is really, really flat. Like yeah. so, um, um, yeah. Like I, I didn't uh, really grow up with like the, the outdoor life that way to spend time like in the mountains and and that terrain. So. That uh, came later in life, like, but running have been with me for like, yeah, all the life, pretty much. So you weren't born on the side of a mountain cliff, like that's kind uh, of where I'd assume, just based on your, you know, excelling at all these sky races. Um, uh, so your parents are really good runners, is that right? Uh, no, not really good. They they were like decent, like, uh, yeah, they did a lot of races and were like okay in, in like local uh yeah swedish uh, area but uh, and then also involved in my club and organized a lot of races and uh, so being like uh, yeah running have been a, a big part of my life since i was a kid like and did you alternate i mean when i was growing up um i i grew up in uh the northern part of the u.s where half the year is cold and snowy and then half the years kind of like th- thawing out of that in you know spring summer so i had a winter sport and i had a summer sport is is that sort of the the routine that you went through did you have a winter sport that you'd always fall back on during those winter mm. months growing up no that's like how i do it now and it's so much nicer when i uh, moved up to like uh, north of sweden and now in norway when you have a proper winter because then the winter is fun when you can ski and have a winter sport. Down in South Sweden where I lived, it was like you barely have any snow. It's just like gray and rainy in the winter. Okay. So I think like runners probably think it's like usually great because you can run like year round. But uh, uh, I really love it now when I have a winter sport, like to have real winters. Okay. I just I wasn't sure if that was something that you've just you know had throughout your life or it seems like you picked it up when you moved a little farther north. Yeah, um, that's yeah also new now in my life like the last years. So yeah. So you were excelling from a young age at running. I mean, was this just when did you kind of pick up racing? I mean, was it just following think... your parents to races and then entering eventually and that sort of route uh yes like i think it became like more and more and uh um yeah quite naturally like uh, when i was a kid i, I did other uh, track and field events also and other sports and uh, and like yeah slowly like when you when i started to uh, i went to high school uh, in another town to more have a yeah a coach and uh, you have some yeah, it's it's called oh, wow. like a track and field uh, high school, but it, it works the same as the university. Like in in US, like you you go to your normal class, and then yes, you have a coach after school wow. and a group of so- other runners. So that was really nice in high school, and uh, um, yeah, that's really early. fun. Also, that's really early to be that that focused in on on um, athletics and knowing what sport to go into. I mean, in high school, I. I played two sports and I didn't really know what I was going to 
tried to focus in on. So you had keyed in on track and field from a very young age, it seems like. Yes, there it was like, cool. uh, no, it was nice to move. Uh, I mean, I moved to away from my parents when I was 16 and it's uh, and I was also quite a lone runner in my hometown. So I, I thought it was just great to get a lot of new friends to run with every day. And uh, uh, yeah, it was great. That's awesome. It almost sounds like a summer camp for me, at least like one of those, uh, yeah. I don't know, like a hockey camp or a golf camp or something. So when did you start getting interested in going to college in the States and why did you, you know, decide upon the, the college you went to and sort of kind of walk me through those years? Yes, it was uh, actually like me and another uh, guy. He was in the same age as me and a runner and a lot of uh, Swedes were going to US, like maybe not the whole education but at least like a year but where people went and my coach in high school had some connection in um, in Texas in Arlington and we didn't really feel like that was a uh, great for running so uh, we looked at I mean it was quite new this like altitude training but it sounded just very like oh cool it's cool uh, it's on like 7,000 feet it's pretty nice like so um, actually no one had gone there before so I don't think we knew much and back in Sweden you don't know which school is good or you don't know anything yeah. really <laughs> it's that, so that was um, yeah how uh, we ended up in, in Flagstaff and then really liked it and I mean Flagstaff also um, have gone uh, undergone like a huge change now I, I was just back like this spring and said it's it's so many I mean first of all uh, the university is like growing and the team now is super good and um, uh, also all these uh, professional groups and uh, runners from all over the world who comes there to train and it wasn't like that when I went to school but um, I always thought it was like really great to train there so I was uh, always uh, yeah I didn't really understand why not more people uh, wanted to come up there and train and uh, or more runners uh, go to school there so and it was, it was I northern it arizona Nor northern yes. arizona university okay yeah that's correct yeah. hey good thing you got into the uh, the hall of fame early i mean might get harder and harder over the next few years to get into yeah. that <laughs> so yeah um were you taking to the trails you know during your college training yeah, I mean, you always run trails, like, uh, I mean, a track is just like one workout a week usually, and uh, I mean, going on the roads is not so exciting either, so um, I mean, it was a lot of trails, all everything from just like smooth, nice urban trails to we did, I mean, of course we didn't go to and run in the Grand Canyon or like uh, run up to Humphreys a bunch of times, like it's different how I train now, but uh, still, we did some trails, and uh, I feel like now some um, track runners they barely go to anything that has a root or a stone. Like so, yeah. sometimes, yeah. So, I think we did some uh, cool trails also, some once in a while. So you you seem to excel though at the. Um, it seemed like one event in particular was a steeplechase that you really honed in on, or were there multiple events that you liked? 
Yeah, it was like, yeah, of course, like cross country in the um, fall and then, yeah, mainly 5k and steeplechase. Uh, okay. So, yeah. And you were, you were super fast and just seemed to really excel at it. Um, and I mean, did, were you running into injury problems in college at all? No, actually, like college was uh, super good for me. I don't think I was injured once or I didn't miss, miss like a practice or I was, yeah, or race or anything. I was wow. really fortunate those years, actually. Um, the injuries came later on when I tried to take another step. So, but that time was really good for me, actually. Interesting. And so you said the injuries happened post-college was that when you tried to take take your running career kind of the next step post-college yes yes and and what what happened was was there like a certain like a specific event or were you just getting injured repeatedly yeah it was first like uh, some years with a lot of uh, different things happening and I came back and something else happened and yeah, you know, when it's always another championships and um, trying a little bit too hard or uh, just cross-train too hard and being way too fit when you start running. And then I think that's sometimes dangerous because you can run really fast straight away and uh, um, always a little bit stressed in time. So I think I got into a bad like cycle uh, of injuries and some stuff was my wrong, uh, fault and sometimes you just have bad luck like you know so it, it was different things but the um, big thing was a, like a stress fracture in the hip joint that wouldn't heal so that was why I quit uh, after in the yeah, hip around joint like, wow so yeah so is that like the ball and socket yeah kind of because that one had always been a little bit um, not even uh, so I always felt that when I was peopling, like it's uh, cracking a little bit, so it's not so smooth there. So I think the pounding after mon- many years when it's not sitting really uh, correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, and then it also made it really hard to heal because, you know, a foot you can put a boot on and really be still. But uh, this part, like I, I can't really uh, isolate my leg like that. So um it took uh, yeah many many years actually it was uh, took a long time i didn't think i could ever run again actually for a while i mean i i tore my hip flexor playing hockey and cracked the ball in the ball and socket um and i i recall sneezing and it was like one of the most painful things i've ever experienced so i i feel your pain like almost literally in the same place and like you said um i don't think i was able to like function with hip mobility kind of the same for quite some time um but i was never even close to your level of athletics and so were you kind of mentally to the point where you had kind of like come to terms with almost like retirement from running or I mean how how mentally because that's a big a big change for you running every day to now having this hip issue where you're seriously questioning everything 
Yeah, I mean, I did uh, retired from running. Like, I didn't run for um, four years at all there. So I, I um, yeah, I totally thought it was like, uh, first it was super hard because it's to be like uh, running and being a big part uh, like every day of my life. And uh, I always had like a lot of other interests, but running always been first. And I think when this happened, like, I didn't even want to do my other interest because it was like nothing is fun anymore. If I can't do the thing I love, like I don't want to do other things I really like. So it took, uh, it was a change there, I think, during a year. But then I started to do other things I liked. And, and, you know, you forget after a couple of years. And uh, I started to not have like this constant pain like I had the first year because then it was actually so bad. I couldn't even like bike or hike or swim everything all movements were not nice for the hip so yeah. uh, but then I was like you know normally active I could uh, go hiking and uh, cross-country ski and um, yeah you and I, I was out like doing quite a lot of outdoor life and uh, yeah I thought it was pretty nice and traveling and, and things and uh, um but then when I could actually finally run again, it was, yeah, it went quite quickly to want to run a lot than want to race again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I get down anytime I have any kind of little, you know, injury at all. And if I have to take a few days off, I'm pretty down on, on things. So I can't even imagine... Um, but I'm glad that you were able to stay active. Um, and Sorry, and stay... it's just coming like a, a tractor here. I move out a little bit. No, that's okay. Sorry, I just go in here. So now it's less noise. I and I and by the way, the listener doesn't realize this, but Ida is doing yoga as we're doing this conversation, which is totally awesome. Um. I learn more about people and what activities they're doing while I interview them than during the actual interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so when did you have that thought, like, hey, I'm going to try to run again? Like, this hip thing I think is better now. Like, when did you have the confidence? Because I would have been like, oh, I'm worried I'm going to break myself again. Yeah, I, I think I was like that first. Like, uh, I was like, oh, when I finally saw it was um, like healed on an X-ray, and I felt like, oh, maybe I'm just gonna run like you know, uh, four miles three times a week now and never get injured again. And um, no, but it's it's impossible to keep like, because then I realized it's not what I like with running. Actually, I, I like to no, but just like it's it's nice to. Um, um, I think this like uh, um, explore to see what the body can do, and uh, I mean it's also also exciting to to actually uh, try to push the limits, uh, even if it's a race or your own challenge or, or something. So for me, that's a, a big part of running. But then, of course, I just enjoy like to go out running slow also. But uh, it's something with it. I mean, running becomes nice, I think, at a certain fitness also. And if you run too little, you're like too unfit to really enjoy running. So yeah, uh, I think that's the part also, actually, that you have to run quite a lot to, to have it, uh, to be really in love with it. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Um, and so, and I don't want to get sidetracked, but how much easy running do you do? Yeah, now it's it's quite different when I started to do ultras and uh, mountain races. Um, and it's not so structured as when I did track, when it's always, uh, you know, you do three good workouts a week and uh, maybe long run and tempo runs and easy runs. And uh, now I more go by feel like I have an idea what I want to do like a week or how many hours or um, elevation or kilometers but um, it's becoming a little bit more um, yeah how long time it takes to recover from the race and uh, how much time you need in before uh, before a race because I race quite a lot in the summer so sometimes I feel like I don't have time to do so many hard workouts (laughs) yeah taper recover yeah if you race every other uh, week or even everywhere i mean it's uh, it takes a little bit time so but uh, no i do uh, sometimes i i threw in like um, some uh, quicker uh, flatter workouts or maybe some hill repeats or maybe that i do something fast in like push a little bit like uh, in the end of a longer run and, and things like that yeah nice and so you come back from the, you know, your lack of running, you said for several years, and then you, you come back and why did you decide on ultra running of all places you could come back to? You picked one of the, um, you know, one of the, the harder kind of, I don't know, it impacts your body and your hip running long distances, probably a little bit more than short, but, um, how did you hear about ultra running and decide to go that route? Yeah, it wasn't really like a conscious decision. But when I started to run again, I lived more uh, north up in Sweden. So it felt uh, natural to do a little bit different running like um, in the mountains. But that first year, I, I really did a little bit of everything. I did like um, 10K road race and... Um, all kinds of uh, races and I did one uh, mountain marathon so that like was my longest so far and then actually I gone, got thrown into this uh, 55 miler a 90k race the day before uh, it's a race in Sweden Ultra Vasan um, who yeah, it goes along this uh, it's a famous cross country skiing race yep. and yeah. now it's in the summer also so I actually got uh, thrown into that the day before. Uh, so I think that was good for me because if I had known before or trained for it, it felt like super long at that time. Yeah. You know, like my before that year, like my longest race was a, a 10K. I never raced longer when I did uh, tracking cross country. And then uh, that was my first summer back uh, racing again after this big five years break. So... Um, yeah, you, it was like. What'd you think? All of a sudden. I mean, were you no, just holding the, back the whole time, or were you just? Was it like a suffer fest and? Yeah. You know, no, I grinding? actually I ran too too slow because I was scared before. Like, I mean, yeah. a marathon always have been in my you know thinking frame when you do track. I think your kind of sight goes to marathon, and you see like, 
course I could almost always run a marathon it's just a matter how quick I will do it but this like uh, double more than double the distance I was before I was like I don't know maybe the body can't run maybe I have to stop you know uh, or something (laughs) like I I didn't know at all like (laughs) so uh, I was surprised so I went out uh, too slow like now I I know of course you, you can be tired for many hours it's not like you have to go out super slow just because it's an ultra uh but uh, I, I went out quite conservative and then I started to actually catch uh, the leader more and more. But I was still like three, mi- uh, three minutes behind the, at the finish. But I was second, so I was uh, super happy and I, uh, I did a, a good race. So I think um, that really expanded my mindset. And um, so I saw it, I was like, oh, I can actually, I mean, be running for many hours. And uh, I was starting to look to other races. Very cool. I actually got a an invite to that race next year, and I'm kind of toying with the idea because it looks it looks like a really fun race. So, um, and so that that had to be a confidence builder. And I mean, what are you thinking in terms of your next race? Are you kind of like hooked? Like I came in second place here, and I didn't even exert myself at the beginning. So maybe I maybe I have some potential here uh, yeah I was like I was still like I wanted I, it wasn't like oh I'm just gonna do ultra running now but uh, more expanded like uh, my vision what kind of races maybe I, I could do and uh, I wasn't really I mean that summer I was just racing in Sweden so I didn't haven't done like uh, Transvulcania was next year and that was my first guy race so that was how I, I got into more uh, European racing and uh, and sky races and I mean the first that was your second your second ultra was Transvulcania uh, yes wow okay I, I just assumed you had done you know some smaller kind of local ultras before that um and so you burst on the scene that wasn't um that's not a small event and it typically brings some of europe's best even the world's best runners and so you you showed up and did you push yourself at the beginning of this race as opposed to the the previous ultra uh, yes, I, I went out like uh, hard at that time, <laughs> but uh, no, also like you know, I at that time like I didn't know uh, any of the other women, and I, I was I came to La Palma ten days before the race and trained on the course, and uh, um, because it was Emily who told me before and says like, oh, it's a nice race, it would suit you, and uh, <laughs> I was kind of scared. I was like, I've never done like a, a sky race, so never an ultra with like that much elevation and uh so um uh, yeah for me it was like oh and uh i mean now i can see it's uh, it's not a very technical uh race for being a sky race but at that time i thought it was really technical a downhill because i had never done anything similar so uh, yeah uh, and i mean there's no room for air isn't it like volcanic rock on on many stretches where i mean you you trip and you're going to be bleeding pretty bad for a lot of it. Yeah. 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 And so you seem to have found a niche here. I mean, 
you found what you're decent at, at these sky races because you went out and you won that race, correct? Yes, yes. And that was a hugely competitive field. Um, I mean, how were you feeling after that? I mean, were all of a sudden you were kind of burst on the scene and in the limelight and I mean, were you confident or were you like, ah, did I get lucky this first time? Cause I know I'm sure with, you know, how ultra running media covers things like everyone's questioning, you know, just a one-time winner. I mean, how were you feeling after you went after this big race and came away with the win? No, for, for me, it was really unexpected and it was totally amazing. And right uh, after I felt like maybe I can never do this again, but I'm just going to enjoy now. And uh, yeah. even if I can't repeat it, I'm, I'm going to enjoy now because when you had so many injuries and, and also other things in life and all like everything can change in like one second and uh, exactly uh, yeah. life can change really quickly and um, it's not like you always have uh, when I was younger you like you look more forward and think you have always time and uh, can improve and repeat and now I mean I still uh, want to do a lot of things and I want to improve and, and but I also try to um just enjoy when it goes really well because um, you never know like you, maybe you don't have uh, always another chance to do things I mean I think that even from middle to back of the pack where I am um, you know you're, you're home and showered and recovering and I'm still out on the course um, but I, I still have those thoughts also which is kind of interesting and so when did you did you change um you know after Transvolcano your your first win did you move to Chamonix right after that or when did you um you know venture that way uh no that was actually the winter before uh because I I got into ski mountaineering and I felt I, I wanted I loved the sport and wanted to to learn that and be in a place where it's actually a, a big sport and where they have races in Sweden, it's super small. Mm-hmm. So um, I and I didn't have like you know um, I, I was always doing like seasonal jobs, so I was quite free to move around wherever uh, I want to live. So I drove down there and uh, spent the winter there with um, uh, ski mountaineering, uh, and then uh, I did uh, Transvulcania. Okay. That makes sense. And then, so you go back to do the marathon. Was that kind of your your follow up race, or did you do any other racing in between there after Transvolcania? Uh, after yeah. uh, that yeah. summer, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I did a lot of uh, races that summer um, because then I started, um, yeah, to to run for Solomon after uh, Transvolcania. So. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, what did I do that summer? Mainly marathons, I think, and then I did, yeah, North Face in the end. Yes. Okay, and um, you know, before we go down that route, how does it feel waking up living in Chamonix? Because I'm, I'm super excited just to visit there a few days this summer, let alone live there. How is living there? Is it like does 
is the honeymoon period over and it becomes like oh i gotta because you're doing you know ski mountaineering there is it becoming like a job living there or was it like a dream living there I mean, when I um, drove down there, I felt like, oh, I need to get a job and I'm going to, yeah, uh, try to learn like skiing. And But then it was just so nice to be training again. Like uh, that was the first time in many years I, I got to train like twice a day and live like an athlete. So I actually just felt like, okay, I have some money saved and I'm going to just uh, train now and see where it can lead me. So and um yeah after that uh, i haven't really gotten a job because then that summer went well with racing and prize money so um that was how i started um to become like an athlete again actually i just i dream about you know waking up having a cup of coffee every morning looking out the window and just okay which trail am i going to run today like that's that's kind of like heaven on earth for me at least yeah, um. <laughs> I guess I never lived there in the summer, actually. It was just okay. this month in the winter because now I, I live in Norway, so I never uh, lived there uh, in the summer. So you like you like racing these little events. You fly in, you do North Face 50 San Francisco, which is like essentially the U.S. kind of the Super Bowl of running, um, kind of caps off the year. You know, besides Western states, I think it's you know one of the you know, premier events, um, you know, what piqued your interest in doing that race? Um, yeah, I guess the North Face was also my first year. Then, actually, we already started to ski again. I was with a Swedish team in uh, in France on a training camp. And then I think it was first Emily was going to do it, but she didn't really feel like it. She wanted to to start the ski season and then I guess like, Solomon wanted someone to do it and, yeah, I threw, and she said like oh no but then <laughs> because I had I, I didn't run for I had some injuries so I hadn't done run anything for like six weeks and then I started to ski so I was in a quite bad shape actually um, and then I was like oh maybe I will try so I had like three weeks to prepare so I did really a lot of training in three weeks like I was, um, yeah, skiing in the morning, like, uh, probably three hours. And then I went on this, like, uh, uh, always 10 to 15. Uh, yeah. I did running in the afternoon, like, on, on the road, yes, down there, because it was snow all over. So it wasn't, like, very nice. But I said, like, okay, I will try at least. And um, so um, that was my, my first. And I, I really liked the race, but I was destroyed after uh, 20 miles, like, because I had, I wasn't really in shape, but <laughs> it went uh, well anyway. Held on and and won it. Mm. I mean, and that had to be again like, so you've truly like at that point proven to yourself, right, that you're good at this. Were you believing in yourself at that point? Even though you're I mean, coming I... off that injury, and then I mean, I just try my best I think always when I race and I I mean I have uh, a natural endure endurance and I think I knew that even when I did track like speed was hard for me like I, I kind of learned a pace you know to to do a, a good uh, three or five k you you kind of I mean just 
need to hold on on your almost maximum <laughs> speed mm-hmm. but I was never the one who could like kick the last lap or kick the last 200 meters um, speed is hard for me but uh, on the other hand like I never had problems with like long runs or um, um, that I get an uh, energy dip if I was like active the whole days and uh, didn't have time to to eat sometimes or I mean uh, I knew I had a good endurance kind of in my body so I think that has helped me a lot like in, in ultras yeah you, you found your found your calling <laughs> and <laughs> so and how did you pick up on hydration and nutrition because you were so new to ultra running and you burst on the scene with a win i'm it's a little abnormal to win right away because there's typically kind of a learning curve in terms of uh, the difference in marathon nutrition and hydration versus going beyond that. How did you pick up so quickly on the nutrition component and the hydration component? Um, I don't know. I think I've just, I don't really complicate things too much. So I, I think it's the same when I'm, I'm training, like I, I'm never the one who's like, oh, I'm going to go on this run before breakfast because I need to learn to fat burn or I, I just do things. And like first you, you burn your carbs and then you burn your fat or sometimes uh, I don't bring anything on a run and sometimes I eat right before or bring something. I I think I can uh, adapt to, to most things. And in a race now it's... Uh, yeah, I think I did some. I tried like my. I know my first mountain marathon to, you you take a bar or there was some like you know, biscuit uh, crackers or something really awful to, mm-hmm. just makes your mouth dry because it's hard to chew things. And I think I learned that way. Like you, that amount of distance I'm doing now, like a fifty miler, it just takes like seven hours and it's enough to just take sugar like um, gels or sports drink and uh, it's easy because you don't need, want to chew when you're actually working hard like uh, in a hill or, or something. So yeah, uh, I, I think I, I now um, I used to, yeah, I mean, um, kind of uh, you, you try to have a plan and, and take some, some gels and, and sports drinks and um, yeah go for it so that's interesting i mean so it seems like you spent so many years early on with this like regimented plan and structure and then you had this downtime and you come out of it and you're a lot less structured and kind of listening closer to your body and just letting it happen and it seems to be working is that kind of like yeah i don't know I don't know if I was uh, more structured before. I think I was <laughs> probably the same a little bit with things. Like I, I was really like, I mean, I'm st- at some parts like, yeah, okay, I, I know what I want to do in training, and uh, but then uh, some parts I'm really relaxed because I, I don't think it's good if you control everything in your life to be perfect because it's never going to be like perfect conditions, like or say like you just have to do your best like in every day or every race like I mean you can't control the weather or how you're going to feel that day or uh, things so um, I think that's a big part I always 
been that approach in in racing or or running to um, try to do the best of uh, myself and uh, the situation on that day. I think that's amazing, and that's why you you've had so much success because every runner has to deal with the storm. You're not the only one, and um, that's why you continue to find yourself at the front of the pack and winning just about everything. And uh, you know, it's it's huge that you not only have you know, proven yourself at races, but you've repeatedly proven yourself. And uh, just, you know, huge congrats. Transvolcania, you've won three times now, which, again, is a super, super competitive race. And uh, it's just amazing. And North Face, you've proven yourself over and over again. Um, what what races do you have coming up that you're looking forward to? Yeah, this year it's it will be some shorter races. I mean, it was really exciting to do so well at Sagama. It's like, um, yeah, Amazing. faster, shorter. So now I have Mont Blanc uh, Marathon and then also um, Sierra Sinal in, in Switzerland later on, who's also a fast race. So um, it will be a little bit more of that uh, this year. But um, also CCC will be like the next step to... It will be like longer and more hours than I ever done. So maybe that will be exciting and a, a good step if I want to do a hundred miler in the future to see that's how a, that goes. That's an awesome race for you. I think it's kind of your. It's a great selection if you go in healthy. Um, I'll actually I'll be out at that race so. Okay. Um, oh, cool. Are you doing that also, or are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing UTMB? that. I'm yeah I'm doing CCC and I don't think I'm up to UTMB yet. That and uh, Hard Rock I gotta kind of work my way into those races because um, I'm newer to running. But yeah, you're luckily you'll be doing the female race and I'll be doing the the male race because man I'm super competitive, Ida. <laughs> you'll probably finish. Maybe see you out there. Yeah, ho- well, hopefully not. Hopefully, I just see you at the finish line and you're like already dressed and recovering um, the next day. But yeah, that's that's really exciting, and I think um, it'll be very competitive, sort of that kind of race that you enjoy. And man, that's it's that's gonna be awesome. I'm really excited to see how that goes for you. Um, and so let's shift gears real quick and talk just talk about other kind of quicker related um answers do you wear toe socks or no toe socks gear related questions here oh is that when you have all the single toes in (laughs) a special uh... no no i have normal socks i wear normal socks yeah (laughs) but i actually have these yoga toes i I have sometimes uh, when i'm just recovering like walk around the house who spreads the toes so that those I'm are really just, nice yeah i'm just out there in my yoga socks um and do you wear what kind of shoes do you wear salmon like what what type of shoe from salmon do you wear uh, usually the sense is quite um yeah. yeah close to the ground like with uh, four millimeters drop i i like that to to That's have a, a feeling yeah. yeah and uh do you wear any kind of compression gear at all no, I hate that. I, I never <laughs> I wear those. You probably wear it during yoga. <laughs> um, no, I always no nothing compression. It's nice for me. <laughs> and 
do you um do you have a certain vest that you like to wear? And Hand, no. handhelds. No, that's also an awful thing. <laughs> yeah, to handheld bottles. No, yeah, no. No water bottles at all. No, but rather like either a belt or a vest. I think it's nice if you need water. Do you uh, ever? I, yeah. Do you ever use trekking poles at all? Poles for anything? No. No. Okay. And do you uh, do you have like a go-to like watch that you wear? Do you have a certain watch? You're probably so quick you don't really need a good one because you're already going to be. I done. mean. I'm starting to to learn this now that you need to record everything because you know I'm so old. So when I started with running, it was like enough with a normal stopwatch. Or sometimes I even look at the kitchen watch, and I mean you kind of knew that your routes. And if you run for an hour, you knew like okay, now I have done like you know eight miles because you knew that pace. Or now I had done like eight and a half. You were really closed but when i started with like uh, mountain things in the beginning was like it i couldn't have a feel for how much is to climb like uh, five thousand feet or um so it, it was really good for ski mountaineering and and also now it's it's nice to have a, a watch but still i'm not so that i need to run with one all the time and mm. actually in races many times if i know the i don't need a watch like yeah uh, i i'm a- just in the race do you have a brand that you like? When you, uh, I have Su- Sunto now. Sunto, okay. Sunto, yeah. And then sunglasses, hats, any other extras that you like to wear? No, not no. too much. Yes, yeah, sunglasses. If it's uh, you know sun and snow, it's nice to have sunglasses. Because yeah. otherwise you hurt your eyes. And what what do you use for nutrition? Do you have like a go to like brand that you like and liquid calories or gels? Um, no, I, actually, that's exciting. Maybe it's coming soon. Something I uh, something special. <laughs> so, in the works. Yeah, like I'm like I'm working with now. So because yes, there is not very much uh, good things out there. So uh, hopefully soon it will uh, come something I like better, like with uh, organic sports drink and uh, oh. nice gels and and things like that. Yeah, I look forward but, to it. That's awesome. Yeah. And you, your cooking but, background. So, yeah. But so far, it's like um, I take a little bit whatever. Like um, I had one brand I had electrolytes with, but it's not much sugar. So gels, I, yeah, I take a little bit of try everything. I haven't noticed too big uh, difference. I just want it to be quick and light, like not too thick. Uh, a gel so usually I just mix it to put the gels in a small soft flask so I can easily take in races I don't have to open or uh, do those things to me it seems to be working whatever you're doing here (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so what do you um, what do you do in terms of cross training because I know you're you're doing yoga as we speak right now yeah not really (laughs) now I'm sitting lazy in the couch actually okay yeah, by a bunch of pillows. <laughs> do you do cross yeah. training? Do you do biking besides the mountaineer, you know, skiing and ski mountaineer? No, I think like my cross training is that I ski a lot in the winter and don't run too much for like four months. Uh, and then in the summer, I um, 
mostly run because I think all those years when I was injured, I biked so much. So for me, it's like uh, it's like going to the gym, like to bike or to <laughs> be on a cross trainer. It's a little bit I can barely do it anymore. And I guess if I got into mountain biking or I had a nice road bike, like. But it's something like awful, I think, to have a bike in between yourself and the ground. And uh, I mean, I like running. So I think more now when I uh, want to recover, I do more technical slow uh, runs or days instead when it's more climbing and uh, uh, things like that. So I think that is a nice recovery and, and kind of cross training also. What's the uh, longest run you've ever been on? Um, I actually think that's uh, uh, Transvulcania this year when I was slow and had eight hours, 40 minutes. So, so uh, I don't know because I, maybe I've been out. I haven't been out like super long days, but maybe I've been out for eight hours also, you know, in the mountains. But then it's more, uh, yeah, moving slow and it's not running the whole time, but uh, moving. So Just time on your feet. So eight, yeah. eight hours is where you've maxed out? Yeah, I think so, around that time. I haven't done anything really pushing the limit or like a whole. Well, this, so that's, uh, the second yeah. sunrise is the most exciting sunrise. So you just have exciting races coming up. Hopefully not at CCC that you're seeing a second sunrise, but um, yeah, down I the road. Oh, that's interesting. So is Western States on your radar eventually? Yeah, I think so. Um, like, I'm really, um, yeah, uh, tempted to do that race. And maybe next year is uh, will be a good time because then I had, um, yeah, time to see how it's to race for like 13 hours. Maybe the CCC will take. And uh, yeah. I think Western State will also be a good uh, course for me because i think it's nice to to run a lot uh, yeah. i don't think it's so much fun to hike a lot so um, yeah, i was gonna say that like leadville I was, I was gonna say run rabbit run but um you might do some hiking there uh, but man you I'm, I'm just really excited for ccc this year so what do you do mentally you figured out something how do you endure so long um, like you seem to have trained yourself to be able to suffer through, you know, tough races. Yeah. You know, do you have any like mental tricks or training or how do you mentally approach ultra running? I guess it's, I don't think it's so much different for like different kind of races. It's, I want to create this like the race bubble when I do race and then I'm really like focused and concentrated. And I guess if you move really like, you know, uh, you do this uh, 24 hours races and like maybe longer, you get in and out and uh, have really big uh, dips. But so yeah. far, I think when you do 50 miler, the goal is to not have a dip or get outside that race bubble. You want to actually be running and, and pushing and uh uh, race well the whole time because I think it's it's not too big distance to actually be uh, feeling uh, okay 
if you have done it right. Of course, you will have dips sometimes, but I mean, you can have a dip even in the 5K sometimes if you, you know, a couple of laps and you're like, oh, this is going shit. And yeah. you're like feeling, yeah, I should drop out next lap. And um, I mean, so I, I don't think the distance is much different. There. It's more that to really try to be present and be in that uh, race bubble when you do race and then always pay attention. Like, how can I like correct my form now, my technique and be efficient and uh, uh, do I need to eat or um, um, yeah, things like that. I mean, I dipped even, you know, within our, our interview here. So for you to stay focused for eight hours straight in a 50 miler is awesome. And, and so your race bubble is that, are you in the flow state? Are you aware of that word, like running in flow and kind of like in the zone? where everything kind of clicks and makes sense and doesn't move in slow motion, but you can see every footstep kind of perfectly. Yeah, I mean, of course, when you do longer, it's not like that the whole time, but I think the goal is to feel that uh, as long, like at some points or like uh, as long as possible. Um, But then, I mean, in an ultra, you always break down. It's always painful in the end. And uh, you feel like, uh, you know, you're just not really running well anymore. Like, (laughs) so I think that is, uh, you break down slowly and then it's to try to relax anyways and and, uh, do it as good as possible. And I mean, you come to, to state when you just want to finish you know when you're doing an ultra and uh, uh, really looking forward to the uh, finish line um, so I but I don't have a specific trick there it's like oh I don't have a mantra it's like oh I tell myself this or uh, <laughs> I, I think you the, the thing you can always do is to try to do something you actually in the moment like yeah, it doesn't help to I think go away too much in the fourth because for me, at least, when you do something technical, that's when you mess up, like maybe fall or twist an ankle or when you stop paying attention. Like you have to be like actually present in what you're doing Yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And I appreciate you taking all this time. I just have a few more quick questions for yeah. you. Um, what's your typical training block? Like where do you peak out in terms of mileage and vert? Are you, I mean, are you even paying attention to that? that closely and because you know you have some you know elite runners that are doing 70 miles a week are you are you anywhere near 70 are you 120 for for a peak out week because i know no i think like a a good week is like 100 around 100 miles and i mean then of course it depends on how much elevation i'm doing yeah Uh, but uh, now i count a little bit of everything like uh, elevation and uh mileage and um, also hours yeah uh, here in Nor- norway it's like um, like a hundred miler would be um, a quite a big week because that includes a lot of a lot of elevation and a lot of hours as in if i go to flagstaff it's quite easy to do a hundred miler like it's uh, fast easy trail so what, um, what kind of vert it, is a lot yeah. for you I think it's like, I mean, in the skiing, in the winter, uh, you can do a lot. Like uh, in the winter, maybe um, you can do like 
I mean, 15,000 meters, and what is that in feet? Like, like 45,000? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's easy to do, on, or not easy, but it's a big week in it's the like winter. Where but That's where I am year yeah, to do, date. Like. <laughs> yeah, but doing in, in running, you know, it's not that much. Uh, in running, maybe here in Norway, it could be like, uh, like 7,000 uh, meters or something like that. So, what What is the easy pace for you? In terms of like time it takes to do a mile on a flat surface yeah it's like an easy pace for you like a seven minute <laughs> like a six minute i like, mean it, it depends on easy, how tired i am what's your easy pace these days i mean i don't really go so much on a like a flat just easy run i think yeah uh so but i mean you before, uh, I guess I, it was like you, you run like a eight minute mile in your easy pace and then maybe like seven in a, you know, a, a more like normal run and maybe six nice. in a tempo run. But now it's, I barely do those kind of runs anymore. So I don't know really. <laughs> my my eight minute pace was yesterday running from lightning strikes on all sides. Um, so maybe one day I'll get there. And yeah, <laughs> that was my running for life type speed up a mountain, um, or off a mountain, I should say. So, what what's the uh, weirdest kind of like animal encounter you've you've come across? Because you're running in all these crazy locations around the globe. Have you come across any wild animals? Yeah, yeah. I I mean. Do once in a while. I thought I thought it was really cool to uh, see a bear when I was in Montana. That was like two years ago when I I did the rut there, and uh, then it was a bear on the trail. So I thought that was super nice. Interesting. I so you were excited to see a bear. <laughs> you weren't scared. <laughs> yeah. No, there was everyone else that was scared. I got really excited. Like I was like, oh wow, I'm so lucky. <laughs> I'm probably stupid. <laughs> You're, you're like petting it and <laughs> feeding it. Um, what's what's the scariest? Like, have you been in any crazy storms on top of a mountain? Um, no, not really. I mean, okay. it can get really foggy sometimes. Like, yeah, I think I was kind of like, uh, yeah, especially on skis. Like a few times when it's yeah, you can't see anything really. Yeah. And when you yeah. have to go on a compass, pretty much, and it's nice to know the the mountain to know it's not a cliff or that you can ski down there self self yeah safe but uh no i haven't got stuck like okay i'm stuck on this mountain because of bad weather so okay yeah. and what's your favorite food what what's like your go-to like i'm gonna reward myself for that awesome workout and i'm hungry like what what would you go for I mean, I like a lot of food. Like now, it's so nice when I have my yeah. When we have the garden and uh, just go out and pick whatever is fresh and uh, make nice salads, my nice vegetables. I mean, potatoes, you know, and everything like root vegetables, like um, uh, carrots and beetroots uh, in the oven with some um, yeah, uh, yeah, rosemary, and they, it's it's awesome. Are, are you vegan or vegetarian or do you have any dietary restrictions or 
no, I eat everything. I eat a lot of uh, vegetarian food, but uh, when I have like some uh, good meat or fish once in a while, I, I think it's nice if it's not like uh, just a processed industrial meat. I yeah. think it's good to eat some uh, wild game and, and things like that. Yeah, I agree with you on that for sure. Um, what do you do for recovery after a big race? I mean, after a big win at Transvolcania, like, do you have a recovery week? Do you run the next day? Like, what do you uh, do? Usually I have a, a few days, maybe one or two days off uh, completely of running. And then, yeah, I, I start like to do whatever I want that week how my body feels like and uh, if it's nice weather like it's nice to still be outside and then maybe I do this like I said more slower uh, runs and more hiking and uh, some scrambling and if it's like a bad weather week maybe it's more uh, more rest in the couch but uh, yeah it all depends on uh, what I feel like doing awesome and then I just have like two more questions here what inspires you to get out and try so hard because you're excelling you're one of the world's best ultra runners um you're competing at the highest level with you know the best athletes and coming out ahead i mean what motivates you to try so hard and and push yourself to your absolute limits i mean i think i i live a, a really a nice life now um, I mean, it's awesome to just be able to to train and and have time and be out in the mountains every day and and then got to do all these uh, super cool races with uh, other awesome women and um, so I don't think it's so hard like like for example Sagama now it's crazy to have all these people who loves uh, the sport and loves all the runners and uh, cheer for them and. Um, a cool course so um, i don't think it's uh hard to find uh, motivation really <laughs> in uh, running and racing uh, it's awesome and then you know I'll wrap up i ask this a lot to a lot of people and i always get different answers i like asking it i mean what what advice do you have for someone thinking about taking on ultra running would you recommend ultra running you know for someone who's done a few marathons and is thinking about taking the leap or I mean, what what advice would you have for someone thinking about ultra running? Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah totally at, to not think it's so scary or too long. That I mean, it's think of all the people who actually do it and can do it, and it's it's not just like professional runners who trains like you know crazy amount of mileage. Like it's a lot of people who do like UTMB or or Western State, or they they get through and. Um, the body is amazing and can go for many more hours actually than I think most people uh, uh, think. So I don't. I think it's like to not be too scared to yeah uh, expand like uh, your running and uh, just take it slowly to and slowly and do whatever if if it uh, um, excites you. I think it's a good step. But then I I don't think everyone needs to go to ultras either. Like sometimes. Uh, Everyone wants to do just longer and longer. And I think even if you're um, a recreational runner, you don't have to just always go longer and longer. You can also try to be just faster and uh, maybe 
yeah, have some other goal or something that excites you. That's awesome. Yeah, Ida, thank you for taking so much time. And like you said, even middle of the pack guys like me can show up at CCC and get to run the same trail that you're you're gonna crush here this summer. So thank you for taking so much time. Thank you, and uh, good luck with the training, and uh, hopefully see you in uh, Chamonix this I'll, summer. I'll be right there up front next to you at the start line, for sure. Yeah, good, great. <laughs> I'll probably I'll probably be uh, an hour behind you within the first climb, so that's okay, though. Um, where can people follow you on social media? Uh, my uh, Instagram is um, Ida Nilsi with uh, N, yeah, I-D-A-N-I-L-S-S-E. Awesome. And yep. you're on Facebook, I believe, also. Yeah, also, yes, my name. Yes. I, I like your updates. Your pictures are great. And thank you again for taking so much time. Thank you. That's episode 45. Thanks again to Ida for taking all that time. Big thank you again to the podcast supporters, Hammer Nutrition, Sufferfest Beer, and Bigger Than the Trail. Always appreciate them, and thank you um, to the Patreon supporters who helped make this all possible. Talk to you guys next week. Happy training. Train smart. Have fun out there. See ya.